Welcome to Athlete to Entrepreneur, where elite athletes share their story and how they became entrepreneurs after their competitive years. This podcast is sponsored by ExpertX. ExpertX lets coaches and trainers break down videos from their athletes, decide if to charge and how much. ExpertX only charges when the expert makes money. Visit expertx.pro to download it now. Here we go. We've got Vic Pellegrino on the podcast today. This is verbatim. Someone said, Vic walks on his hands the way I walk on my feet. <laughs> I'm excited to get into it with Vic. You might know him as the creator and CEO of Victory Grips, but there's a lot you don't know. Vic went from being a gymnast as a kid to a professional cheerleader, to a professional acrobat, to a pro crossfitter, and now running a successful business. Welcome, Vic. Hey, good to be here. Vic, start at the beginning. Where'd you grow up and, and how'd you get into sports and what'd you see that you were really good at? Oh, um, grew up in, uh, in uh, Tampa, Florida. I played sports as a kid, got into baseball, sucked at baseball. Um, but then at the 80, 1984 Olympics, I was uh, inspired by the, uh, the gymnastics. So enthralled with like what they could do, what their bodies looked like. Um, and I was like, I want to do that. So I begged my mom, uh, to get me in gymnastics. She iced me for a year <laughs> and, uh, wanted to make sure I really wanted to get into it. And then ended up at LaFleur's gymnastics in Tampa. That's actually where, uh, Dominique Mosciano, one of the, uh, our Olympians, um, started off her career and got into gymnastics and that sparked the contagion of events that, led me to what I'm doing today um, with Victory Grips. Gymnastics was the spark. Somewhere along the line, you realized you really like performing as well. Uh, I started late in gymnastics. I started at 12. Most people that have made it all the way um, to the Olympic arena started around between five and seven. Um, that's a typical sweet spot. But of course you have your anomalies like Chain DeFridis, um, uh who started at 11, made it to the Olympics at 18. He's a bit of a freak. Uh, but I started at 12. I did pretty well for several years. And uh, at 16, I was like, okay, I have to make a choice. Do I go full bore and get in onto a college squad? Um, or do I switch gears? And then at that time, a friend of mine from the gymnastics gym got into cheerleading after competing in gymnastics. They wanted to recruit guys for this all-star squad. Um, and at the time, like 1990, um, uh, all-star cheerleading and competitive cheerleading was becoming uh, to the forefront. It sounded like a good idea to be on a team with a whole bunch of girls and I get to flip and that was pretty awesome. That, that gave me the um, bug to perform. Love being on stage. I love being able to utilize all my gymnastics skills to to show off, to have a good time, to go different places. That whole stint started into um, collegiate cheerleading at, at Florida International in Miami, then at FSU, um, because I wanted to cheer for, um, be on the field for Division One football. Um, and then that sparked performing on stage. I performed on the 92 Olympics for the closing ceremonies. And then that got into performing with uh, Jimmy Buffett and Don't Stop the Carnival, a stage production that he he uh, co-wrote. And that was in Miami. And Jimmy Buffett, and I did Beauty and the Beast, Spider-Man in England, and, uh, and then um, ended up 
being a stunt performer for Disney, MGM Studios, theme parks at the uh, Indiana Jones uh, stunt show. What was that like? Disney was a good time. I ended up performing with one of my old gymnastics coaches when I was a kid, Danny Price. He was on the national team. But that was fun. I did very well with the humble skills that I had compared to some of these other guys. So, you know, kind of like faking it till you make it. It's almost been a, a, a bit of a motto for me. <laughs> when did you decide to get into the world of CrossFit? I got injured um, in doing the, the Indiana Jones stunt show. It's just my, my back uh, gave out, had to get it fused. That ended the, the uh, performing career, even though I could still tumble. Um, I've always been involved in fitness and I studied fitness in college. After performing, I, no pun intended, fell back on my fitness uh, knowledge and became a trainer. And through, through being a, a trainer, discovered CrossFit as every other trainer would have. And this was back in 2008, 2009. Um, a buddy of mine who was a fellow trainer um, at the gym got me into it. Uh, my first uh, CrossFit workout uh, was Nate. What was it? Twenty-minute AMRAP of uh, of muscle ups, uh, handstand push-ups, and kettlebell swings. A gymnastics-based workout for me was awesome. So I was like, muscle ups. My buddy was like, that's crazy. You just know, you just did that without ever doing CrossFit. And I was like, I'm going to the games. And then um, uh, I, I, he put a barbell in my hands, and I'm like, I'm not going to the games. <laughs> <laughs> I had a bias in gymnastics, but my barbell skills and my uh, aerobic capacity had a ton of work to be done because a gymnast, we, we run 72 feet to a vault. That's the, all the running we do. We're totally anaerobic. It was a brutal wake-up call, but that's what all diehard CrossFitters like about it. It's that slap in the face, that big slice of humble pie. There's always that level you want to achieve, that personality trait that just like, I want to achieve that and I'm going to do everything I can to achieve it. So that's what started CrossFit. And it's been actually a love-hate relationship because it's kind of like a messed up relationship. It's like, I love you, but you hurt me so bad. <laughs> uh, At some point, you're loving it so much that you open up your own gym, which in CrossFit they call a box. That same buddy who got me into CrossFit um, super nice guy named Keith Walker. Um, he is a very gracious person. He had the funds to be able to open it up. I basically was doing a lot of sweat equity for him. We opened up this uh, box together. It started out off as CrossFit Atlanta Northeast or CrossFit Northeast Atlanta. Um, and it started off in a Globo gym and a racquetball court. We outgrew that. We, we had one racquetball court, ended up into two racquetball courts, ended up into three racquetball courts. The Globo Gym was just sucking all our money away um, because they were hosting us and they could. So we're like, we're out. We found a, we found a space in Atlanta um, and, and uh, outside the gym nearby and opened up as CrossFit Identity, which still exists today. Um, I bought him out. Um, he wanted to get out of the business. He just wanted to shift gears. I bought him out. That's when I took over as the box owner. And through there that I had the idea of the, the grips and I started doing product development. There's a very interesting interlude there 
with something called the Grid League. I, I was talking to a few folks who had not heard about it, and I, I find that pro CrossFit League a very interesting idea. Tony Budding um, was uh, CrossFit's media director, and he used to do all the videos for the CrossFit Journal. Um, so the faces of CrossFit at the time were, of course, Glassman, Castro and Tony Budding. And Tony Budding used to do all the announcements for the Open back in the early days when they were just these really stripped down kind of funny things that you could find on YouTube. He had this idea to turn CrossFit into a spectator sport. It would be two teams uh, doing fitness very fast in race style formats. Um, he pitched it to Glassman and Castro. They weren't having it. He, and then finally, um, he's like, I'm out. I'm doing this on my own because he and Castro always butted heads. He talked a good game. He got a lot of investors involved in it and attracted a lot of top athletes and uh, started this whole combine that was very mimicked after the NFL combine where they had these different combines. It was just an open call, but you could specialize in a particular area. You could be an Olympic lifter. You could be a gymnast and specialize in that, or you could be a utility player, which was all around. And then they also already recruited some of the top athletes like Marcus Philly, Bjork Odin's daughter, uh, Anna, um, Annie T, Annie Thor's daughter, Matt Fraser. Each team needed to have a master's athlete, male and female, 40 plus. I called it the old fucker factor. Um, I fulfilled that role as a specialist, as a gymnast, and ended up on a team with the New York Rhinos, and I ended up in, on a team with the, um, Annie Thor's daughter, Matt Frazier, Easy, Easy Muhammad, Chelsea Hughes, Andrea Agar, Irving Hernandez. So some of these players that were regional athletes at the time, Matt Frazier was just coming up on the scene. Um, and in every, of course, Annie had her um, brand that was is, um, as amazing as it is today. Um, I was prototyping the grips and this thing came along and I was like, this is my way to be able to rub elbows and have relationships with top elite level games athletes and get it out there. That idea worked. I, I got on the team, started showing them my prototypes. They kind of thought I was weird, but it's like, listen, you got to try these. Talk to us about the pain point because people okay. say every great business starts with a pain, right? So you were solving a pain. Is it because you as a box owner and gymnast at this point, lifter just felt there was no good grip on the market? Yes and no. So my timeline is hard to follow. If I laid it all out to you, it would be kind of crazy. I also went to culinary school and then I also have a, a master's degree in design management from Savannah College of Art and Design. I've always been one to tinker. I always like to develop fitness equipment, come up with ideas. I'm just kind of a bit of an idea guy. With my gymnastics background, design background, and here I am in CrossFit. I was rooming with a, a buddy of mine from, um, from SCAD. He, he graduated and we were in Atlanta. We were drinking bourbon one night and came up with the idea. I was like, there is not a grip out there that functions like gymnastics grips, but designed specifically for CrossFit. And there's to this day, to this day, there is not a company out there that has their product designed by, by a gymnast. And that's where grips started off in gymnastics. These grips are for gymnastics based movements specific to CrossFit. If you were a former gymnast, you put them on and feel them, you get that nostalgic feel of how they're supposed to fit, 
how they're supposed to function. Um, they also work seamlessly within the different modalities of CrossFit. I wanted to make sure that you could jump on a pull-up bar, do bar muscle-ups, toes to bar or, or kipping pull-ups with the grips on, instantly get down and do a handstand walk or barbell cycle. You could use these for deadlifts. You could use them for barbell cycling. So they had to be able to fit functionally throughout any type of workout, no matter what it was. Truly a design point of view. How long from that night of drinking bourbon until you had the first prototype out in people's hands? The next day, sh uh, shook off the hangover and then went to Home Depot and started getting a whole bunch of garden gloves and started cutting them up and playing with things. And then I found a leather store and making them. I started tracing people's hands, doing a whole anthropometric study. So basically measuring the different um, points of anatomy on the hands and understanding different sizes and finger lengths to palm ratios. So probably a couple of months before I had something that was kind of functional. And I started using them for my own workouts. I started giving them away to, um, to my members of my gym. And, and then it got to the point where members were like, Hey, I'll buy these from you. I was like, Hey, all right. So I, I, um, I took the idea that, um, I was never going to have investors and that I was always going to just sell, um, the products to fuel the hobby. It was just a hobby at the time. I was able just to keep on paying for the research and development. And eventually I got to the point where I have a viable product that I know I can sell. Was there immediate pickup to take some time to introduce them to the market? And was there demand knocking down your door? Towards the end of the product development, I got traded to the Phoenix Rise the next year on Grid League. And that's when I was on a team with uh, Marcus Philly, Bjorka and Scotter, Amanda Goodman, um, Danny Nichols. Um, and I had a much more finished prototype by then just a year later. And some of the athletes were kind of like, oh, you know, these are pretty good. They, they weren't quite taking me seriously yet. I was like, I, I know I have a, something here. So I sold CrossFit Identity just to really focus on getting the company off the ground. And luckily, my wife had a, um, a great job that we lived off her salary. Um, and I was a stay-at-home dad and getting the company off the ground. It, it was a series of serendipitous events, of fortunate events. And I think that's a common thing amongst entrepreneurs. They seize these events these, and take advantage of them. So I think it might have been 15 or 16. Castro announced, um, Castro announced that strict muscle-ups were going to be um, in the regionals. First time strict muscle-ups were going to be in the regionals. Everybody's freaking out. Everybody's practicing strict muscle-ups like crazy. With strict muscle-ups, like there's a thing called um, the false grip where you got to get and shorten the lever arm on a ring. And so this translates into a support position on the rings. Right here on a, on a false grip, everybody gets torn up. Um, all my grips sweep around that area to protect the wrist for false grip. I did that before this announcement because I just wanted to make sure it's protecting that area. So Emily Bridgers, um, she posted um, that her wrists were all torn up. She had a pick and she was like, I'm torn up from doing these strict muscle ups. And I, and she was a former gymnast, University of Georgia um, gym dog, and uh, also a friend of mine from the Atlanta CrossFit scene. So I texted her, I know you don't wear gymnastics grips, but I have something for your wrists. I'm coming over. 
I showed her and I, you know, she instantly knew she could film how they fit like her old gymnastics grips. And she goes, these actually remind me of gymnastics grips. And I never found a grip that worked and these protect my wrist. She's just an awesome, gracious person. Um, so she took it on her own accord to post about our um, encounter and about the grips, took a picture of the grips, posted them. We launched the company not too long before that, the website. She posted and then boom, sales went through the roof. Instagram followers started coming on our followers and just in general, but sales went through the roof. I'm for, forever grateful to Emily for doing that, the power of influence um, and authority. It just took off. And then Emily ended up becoming our first sponsored athlete. If you're an athlete right now and you're thinking about transitioning to running a business, starting a business, you're in a, you're in a tough space. You're building a product that needs to be developed. You need lead time. What is your advice for athletes thinking about getting into the world of developing a product? Um, always be curious, never lose that, that spirit of curiosity and creativity, because that's the motivation. That's the catalyst. Um, be passionate about what you're trying to achieve and have relentless fortitude and persistence. Um, and be humble, take your time. Things will happen. If you just constantly work for it and have a meticulous attention to detail, and to, um, and to perfection. I'm not done developing. Victory Grips is a ongoing creative project. It is a combination of both design and materials. Both are equal importance. I'm constantly talking to athletes, listening uh, uh, to, to what athletes have to say, both when in conversation or on social media. The whole point is this could still be better. We could still improve. How can we keep this? Um, how can we keep going? Never to rest. It's, it's the same thing as a CrossFitter just trying to compete. Always work your weaknesses. Enjoy the process. Work your weaknesses. Enjoy the adventure. Um, it's really flattering that we have people that try to um, copy my designs. But at the same time, it kind of puts a gut check. You know what? You're always going to be a step behind me because I'm never going to stop perfecting. Um, anyway, I spoke like a true competitive CrossFitter right there. I, I never thought I was competitive and my wife would be like, bullshit. <laughs> I come to realize I am a ruthless competitor and I think I'm more competitive with myself. And I think that's, that's indicative of probably every other CrossFitter athlete. I love it. Vic, your story is fantastic. As you said, I think this is just the beginning for Victory Grips and where you're going. And I feel given your background and, and how you've evolved, anything is possible. Uh, last 30 seconds uh, before we cut. Um, I'm calling my shot. You are going to see Victory Grips in the Olympics. Has that been the goal since day one? Not necessarily. It was a goal of getting involved with Power Monkey and um, becoming friends with Shane DeFritis. So he and I are working on something very exciting and a lot of fun. We'll be in the games. We'll be in the Olympics. I have no doubt. Thank you, Vic, for joining us today. Uh, I, I love your energy and your inspiration. Thanks for having me, man. Hope you've enjoyed this episode of Athlete Entrepreneur. Please share it. Shout it from the rooftops. Even tell your Aunt Ethel, who snubbed you at Thanksgiving. And most importantly, subscribe.